The good word for today is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 6. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. In our last study, we discovered that there are different ways to receive the word of God. There are happy hearers who receive the word of God gladly. There are humble hearers who receive the word of God willing to obey it. There are honest hearers who search the scriptures, who, are, who have a, a ready mind to receive the word. Now, let me say once again, I want to warn you, your attitude toward the word of God is your attitude toward Jesus Christ. A man can't say, I love Jesus Christ and ignore his Bible. Jesus Christ is the living word. The Bible is the written word. And the way you treat your Bible is the way you treat Jesus Christ. It's a shame the way people ignore the Bible. They'll get up in church and say, oh, I love the Lord, and yet they don't love the Bible. Now, how can you say you love the Lord and not love his word? Everything the Bible says about itself, it says about Jesus. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Jesus also said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. So he's the bread, and the word of God is bread. He is the holy son of God. That holy thing that shall be born of thee shall be called the son of God, Gabriel said to Mary. The Bible is the holy scriptures written by holy men of God. Jesus Christ is God's eternal son. And the Bible is God's eternal word. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And so the word of God is a light. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, but the word of God also is a light. Uh, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Jesus gives us life. He's living. He's the living bread, the living word of God, and the word of God in the Bible. The Bible is the word of God, is living. For the word of God is living and powerful, says Hebrews 4.12. My point is simply this. You can't say, I love the Lord Jesus, and ignore your Bible. And the great need in our churches today is for preachers to start preaching the Bible, not just preaching from the Bible, preaching the Bible. Opening up the word of God, just like we're doing in these lessons, and just going verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, and teaching people what the Bible says. Now, I have a difficult time just listening to preaching. Uh, I'm a preacher, and I love preachers. I love to preach to preachers. The greatest group to preach to in the world is a group of preachers. But I must confess that sometimes we preachers preach about the Bible instead of preaching the Word of God. So there are different ways to receive the Word of God. Now, these people received God's Word. That is, they made it a part of their very lives. Secondly, they believed God's Word. They believed the word of God. You became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. Over in chapter 2, verse 13, he says, We thank God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Now, to receive the word of God means to say, This is true. God has spoken, and I accept it. To believe the word of God means to act upon it. Now, if a person really believes God's word, he'll act upon it. That's why when I go to church to hear somebody preach, I want God to work in my life. What does God want me to do? Every time you hear a message from the word of God, it ought to cleanse you and feed you and strengthen you, and it ought to convict you. I always appreciate it when members of Calvary Baptist Church come to me and say, Pastor, thank you for the word this morning. It convicted me. Oftentimes people will go out and say, well, I enjoyed the message, 
then they'll come back and say, well, you know what I mean. I didn't really enjoy it. It hurt me, but I needed it. Now, do you believe the Word of God? You say, well, of course I believe the Word of God. I'm a member of a church. How much of the Word of God do you believe? I believe all of it. Do you really? Now, this is going to shock some of you, but that part of the Bible which we really obey is the part that we believe. How big is your Bible? You say, well, I have all 66 books. Do you? Do you really believe what the Word of God says? For example, in, uh, in Romans, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. Do you believe that? Yes. Have you done it? You see, these people didn't just simply receive the Word. They believed it, and they acted upon it. They, they let the Word of God work in their lives. Now, believing the Word of God creates a miracle down inside. Uh, Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. How do you want your faith increased? It's by the word of God. If you want to grow in faith, read your Bible. I believe it was D.L. Moody who used to say, I used to read my Bible and then close it and pray for faith. Now I pray for faith and open my Bible, and God gives me faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The word of God generates faith, and the word of God generates power. In chapter 2, verse 13, it says, The word of God effectually worketh also in you that believe. Uh, Hebrews 4.12, The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. There's power in the word of God. Now, when the Spirit of God takes the word of God in our hearts and lives, it changes us. This is why it's so important for Christians to spend time every day in the Word of God. You say, oh, I'm so busy. Well, if you're too busy for your Bible, you're too busy. We have time for radio, time for TV, time for the newspaper, time for all kinds of uh, things. We don't have time for the Bible. You say, well, I go to church Wednesday night. I'm glad you do. And I go to church all day Sunday. That's wonderful. But what about the other days of the week? You know, back in the Old Testament, the Jews in the wilderness had to get up early in the morning and pick up the manna. The manna was their food from heaven. And uh, if they got up too late, the manna was gone. I think many of us have slept away our blessings. I know there are times when I just turned over, went back to sleep, and I should have gotten up and spent more time with God's Word. Oh, how the Lord Jesus must be grieved to see how busy we are. With so many unimportant things, we have no time for the Bible. You want your Christian life to grow. You want more faith and strength. Start spending time at the beginning of every day in the Word of God. So they received the Word of God, and they believed the Word of God, and they enjoyed the Word of God. It says in chapter 1, verse 6, having received the Word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Now, there's a combination for you. Affliction and joy. That's a strange thing. You don't find this out in the world. Whenever the crowd out in the world has affliction, there's no joy. But whenever the Christian has affliction, there's joy. The Holy Spirit of God gives us joy even in the midst of suffering. The book of Philippians in the New Testament is my favorite New Testament book. It's a book of joy. Some 17 or 18 times in that little four-chapter uh, letter, Paul talks about joy and rejoicing. And when Paul wrote that letter, do you know where he was? He was in prison. At any minute, a soldier could come down and lead him outside the city and chop his head off. And yet, Paul writes about joy. In Acts chapter 16, when Paul and Silas were in prison, beaten, rejected, humiliated, treated illegally, put in the stocks, thrust into the prison, 
What do they do at midnight? They sang praises to God and preached the gospel. God gives songs in the night. Now, Christians have joy because they receive the word of God. They enjoyed the word of God. I've noticed over in the book of Acts chapter 8, a very wonderful, wonderful truth. You know, in Acts chapter 8, Philip the deacon becomes Philip the evangelist, and he goes down to Samaria and preaches the word of God. It's just wonderful. In Acts chapter 8, verse 5, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. What a great privilege. The people listened, and the people believed, and verse 8 of Acts chapter 8 says, And there was great joy in that city. You don't find great joy in cities today. You'll find great crime. You'll find great violence, great sin, great darkness. You won't find great joy. But the Word of God, when it's received and believed, produces joy. And then over at the other end of the 8th chapter of uh, Acts, Philip goes down to the desert and wins this Ethiopian to Jesus, takes the word of God, turns to Isaiah 53, and preaches Christ to him. And it's interesting that the man believed on Jesus Christ, he was baptized, and it says in verse 39 at the end of the verse, and he went on his way rejoicing. So the word of God brought joy to his heart. Now, does the word of God bring joy to your heart? Jeremiah said in 1516 of his book, Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and they are the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Uh, back in Psalm 119, the word of God is just magnified. Every verse except two in Psalm 119 talks about the word of God. There are, oh, seven or eight different names for the word of God used in Psalm 119. The whole, the whole psalm exalts the word of God. The longest chapter in the, old, in the Bible exalts the word of God. Now, what does he say in Psalm 119? Well, let's look at verse uh, 111. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. What an inheritance in the word of God. Suppose a lawyer called you up today and said to you, we've just received the will of a relative or maybe a total stranger, and your inheritance is $1 million. Wouldn't you be happy? Well, of course you would. You could pay those bills and, and do some of the things you've always wanted to do. Well, God says to you, here's the word of God. Here's the Bible. This is your inheritance. It cost my son his life for you to have this Bible. The Holy Spirit had to come down from heaven and work in the hearts of men of God to give you this Bible. Men like Abraham and Moses and David and Isaiah and Jeremiah had to suffer and, yes, die to give you this Bible. What a heritage you have in the Bible. Do you rejoice over God's Word? In verse 162, the psalmist has something else to say about the Word of God. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. You remember Achan back in the uh, book of Joshua? The first sin that we have record of in the promised land, Achan committed. He was not supposed to take anything from the city of Jericho. And the Jews conquered Jericho, and it said Achan saw some gold and some silver and some Babylonian garments. He took them and he hid them in his tent. And then God brought defeat to the nation and they sought out and discovered Achan's sin, and Achan was killed because of it. 
Now, Achan had to make a choice. Was he going to honor God's word as great spoil or take the spoil of the world? You know, too many Christians today take the spoil of the world. One of the greatest scenes in the Bible is in the book of Genesis, chapter 14. It's a tremendous thing where Abraham, with his small army of 318 men, goes out to fight the kings of the east. And they had conquered Sodom and Gomorrah and the other cities. They'd taken Lot captive. Abraham was concerned about his nephew Lot. And so Abraham led his army out and he conquered those kings. And when Abraham came back from the slaughter of the kings, two kings came out to meet him. The king of Sodom came out. Sodom was a wicked city. And the king of Sodom said, Abraham, you just give me the people and you can keep all the loot for yourself. That was a great temptation. And Abraham said, I have lifted up mine hand unto God Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth, that I won't take anything from you. I don't even want a shoelace from you, lest you say you've made Abraham rich. You see, Abraham said, I'd rather do God's word. I'd rather have God's word. I would rather have God's approval than the approval of the world. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. So they received the word, they believed the word, they enjoyed the word. Now, friend of mine, when we get to the place where we do not enjoy the word of God, there's something wrong with our spiritual lives. The test of our spiritual lives is the word of God. You know, when a husband and wife are at odds with each other, they don't talk to each other. When my children become disgusted with me, maybe because I've disciplined them or something, they don't talk. They just go to their room and pout. Uh, I spoke to a lady recently, and I said, I've missed your husband. Oh, she said, he's pouting, he's mad about something. Well, this is too bad. And you know, when my heart is not right with God's heart, God doesn't talk to me. I don't talk to him. And I don't pray, I don't read my Bible. And then I get into trouble. And so the Word of God says, look, don't just read the Word of God, receive it and believe it and enjoy it, not the shallow emotion of religious entertainment, but the deep enjoyment of the truths of the Word of God. Well, we'll continue this again next time, the Lord willing. This is Pastor Warren Wearsby of the Calvary Baptist Church in Covington, Kentucky, thanking you for listening, and we trust you'll tune in again next time, and together we'll open the Bible and discover what's the good word.